Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I'm excited for many reasons about today's interview. One, because the topic, obviously two, most importantly, is my guest, and my guest is Justin Burns. So first of all, Justin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kim. Um, and before, so Justin is the founder of a new teaching platform, uh, not teaching is probably not the right word, to create courses, online courses called maestro.com. But before we get into that, we, we got to do a little bit of the backstory. I love hearing what what got you to this point. And Justin and I were actually in a mastermind together a few years ago, <laughs> yes. right? And, and so it's, it's really fun to see. I, I just, I love the evolution when you haven't touched base with somebody for a while. So Justin, if you could share your background and what brought you here, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started as a entrepreneur about 10 years ago. Uh, and yeah, we've been in this team. I met me too. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. It's been, I can't, I can't believe it. I feel, I feel so old now, you know, now that, know. Been, you know, it's been like 10 years, but I started, you know, 10 years ago, I was a salesman. Um, I, I love to, to sell and, uh, some people come in this with no sales experience, but I had the, um, the privilege of being a salesman. I was the number one salesman in my company. Uh, but all of that came crashing down when uh, I was fired from my job. So, <laughs> so yeah, I went from top salesman to the unemployment line, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, I'll never forget though. Um, I was, you know, kind of feeling some, some things out. I had a bunch of contacts, was looking for a job. Uh, nothing was really biting. It took a couple months. I started to get unemployment checks, but as we know, unemployment is not enough to cover the bill. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to do something really fast and a buddy of mine had called me up and, I was actually standing in the unemployment line. I said, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. He says, I want to show you this opportunity. And so I thought he was, you know, going to sell me something with uh, multi-level marketing. It sounded like that. Nothing wrong with multi-level marketing, but it just sounded like that. Right? But it is the opportunity piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the opportunity. When he said opportunity, it's like this red flag, you know, ding, 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 it went up. Right. So I thought that that's what um, he was going to be uh, pitching. And so then uh, we sat down and he was like, dude, I'm selling all this stuff on the Internet. I'm doing uh, blogging. I was like blogging. You know, I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. And so um, fast forward, uh, I was on a one. I had a one. I bought a one way ticket. I only had about three hundred dollars in my bank account left. Uh, I got a one-way ticket. I took a risk. My mom thought I was absolutely insane because she said, well, what are you doing? And I, uh, he, he had actually had this software startup, a blogging startup. And he says, I want you to come out. Uh, you have a really good personality. You can connect with people. Why don't you be my JV manager or we'll figure something out. We'll figure your, your role. I didn't even know what I was going to be doing because I had no skill sets other than selling at the time. Um, and so he was like, we'll figure it out. So I booked a one-way ticket, only $300 to my name, flew out there. And, you know, fast forward a year later, uh, or about a year and a half, two years later, something like that. Uh, he ended up selling the company. Um, you know, and I was able to, we went from a kitchen table to about 
you know, literally about 15 people. So that was a really big epiphany moment. And then, you know, it took me a couple of years to figure it out. I probably failed. I'm not going to tell you like, oh, it was like, you know, starting <laughs> from there. I wish it was. Um, 10 yeah. years. I only had one year of learning. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was more like four years of learning. Because uh, I didn't really, after that, I thought, you know, I struck, you know, we struck gold. I didn't have, any, I didn't, I made the biggest mistake. I didn't really get any ownership in the company. Duh, right? That was one of the biggest, you know, things. But he kind of took care of me, right? And so yeah. I got a chance to, you know, fail a little bit. But it took me four years to actually really figure it out uh, and start to make some money, uh, some consistent money. And so I didn't go to college at all. Like, I didn't go to college at all. Uh, I just, just kept just, pushing through and learning and just going to seminars. I became like an addict of just like learning, right? Like <laughs> the conference circuit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not even just the conference circuit, right? It was more like just consuming books and just mm-hmm. you know, connecting amazing people like you, Kim, and, and just, you know, learning from people like you and learning from just great mentors. And, and, um, about four years, I figured it out. And I always say like, there's this learning, there's this, we call, I call it the learning gap, right? The learning gap is, you know, it takes a couple years to, or years, it could take 10 years sometimes to find your thing. Right. Um, and so that thing happened for me, about six years in, uh, into my entrepreneurship journey. And I was doing some, uh, sales funnel consulting, um, cause I got really good at building funnels and conversions and stuff like that. And I found a mentor and, um, and he had a software company. And that was when this light bulb went off because I just loved how challenging it was, but how amazing of an opportunity that you can take an idea out of your head, right? Um, and turn it into something on the computer. So that was like amazing for me and have users <laughs> on it. Uh, and so, yeah, that started the journey of where we are now, which is this is our third platform, uh, Maestro. Uh, and it's been a major journey. That's a huge story, Justin. And I, you know, the whole 10 year thing, I, it's funny because I say that to people too. I'm like, I would, for me, it was probably about five years in when I launched the podcast, but then you know, there was this window in our space, I would say, you know, the internet marketing space of the the high tickets, the mastermind and stuff. And that stuff is all there. But I think the, um, I think the markets matured and people have sort of, I don't know if smartened up is the right word, but the markets matured and people are looking at, okay, this long term, what I, I need a real business, which software, and not that the other things are not a real business. I don't mean it that way, but something that you can scale and grow and and really sink your teeth into. But software is not a pull the trigger and you've got recurring revenue overnight either, right? <laughs> no, I, I win. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay, so before, I, I totally will focus on Maestro. But what are a couple of the other platforms? And and I'd like to know because you're not a developer or a coder, right? No, I can't. I, I I know a little bit, but I can't. No, I can't code at all. <laughs> Yeah, ditto. I'm like, I can copy and paste stuff from the text editor in WordPress. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I figured um, out I figured out how to center things and and, yeah. and and have things off to the left with the little brackets. But yeah, other than that, no, I can't I can't code at all. Yeah. And and you know what? And I don't want to. There are people that, that do that much better than I do. So what are so you you know, you've sold a couple of the platforms, but tell me a little bit about the first software that you did and sold and and what that was like in terms of you know, idea, fruition, uh, customers, sustainability, selling. 
Yeah. So, and, and this can help your audience a lot because, you know, I can talk about how amazing it was. And then I could tell the talk, talk really about uh, a lot of the failures I had, right? <laughs> Cause there were, I made a lot of mistakes in my first platform. Um, but it was a great learning opportunity. So the, 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 how it kind of came about was I met this guy who had like 20 developers. He had this really huge software company. He had developed like seven platforms, sold three startups. Um, and so he paid me to consult with him for, you know, internet marketing strategies, right? And so I started to kind of consult with him and I started to realize that I loved just this idea of software, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. And, you know, I was like, I have no technical background, right? Um, I know a little bit of kind of some of the bracket, basic bracket code is like how to bowl stuff and how to send this stuff. But I was like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Um, but I realized that when you, when you really meet people, you have a great opportunity to learn from them. And, you know, when you treat people really well and you just make people feel really special, like, they want to help you, right? Like they want to help Absolutely. you uh, go to the next level. And I think people think it's harder than that. Um, and so, you know, me and this guy became really good friends. I helped him a lot. I helped him, his company grow. Um, and so one day I was sitting at, a, at, the, at the table with him and we were actually out. I had came, he was in um, North Carolina at the time. Um, and I came down to his office and we went out for lunch. We were laughing. And I said, I looked at him across the table and I said, listen, I want to get in this software business. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he kind of, you know, kind of shrugged me off a little bit. Um, I said, no, I'm serious. He's like, well, you don't really know about software. And I said, exactly. <laughs> I said, that's where you come in. So what I realized is that, you know, we all do things for our own. We Like we all want what we want. Right. So in order to really get people to work with you, I say, always say you either have to pay them right? Who people have put time and effort and energy to them, or you have to make them an offer they can't refuse, right? And so <laughs> yes, God, decided, Father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I decided to make this guy an offer that he can't refuse. Um, and uh, that, that offer was that he wanted to retain me for a whole year. And I said, listen, you don't have to pay me anything. And he's like, his eyes just like, what do you mean? I say, you have to pay me anything for an entire year, but here's the wager. You have to mentor me once a week on the phone um, and software and how to run a software business and avoid a lot of the mistakes because I don't want to go through four years of learning when I can trim it down to two. And he's like, wow, nobody has ever made me an offer like that. Let me think on it because I don't do coaching. You know, he was running his own business. He didn't do coaching. I said, yeah. okay. He thought about it. He called me back. He says, you have to put in 10 times the work then, you know, then whatever. So fast forward, I said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to mentor me. But however, the wager is if I put in, if I give you more results, if I get you more results than what you're getting now, right? If I get you more results than what you're getting now, then what you have to do is you have to essentially, like, if I have an idea, then you have to mentor me in that. You have to walk me through the process. So he's like, all right. I think he thought I was serious. So about six months in, <laughs> uh, I was writing, I was literally writing a uh, copy at the time. I was doing some sales copywriting. Um, and I had this idea for an automated software where if you write, if you answer some questions, it will spit out sales letters and emails, you know, and it wouldn't replace a copywriter. But at the same time, it would make the process a hell of a lot easier. Uh, and so I remember kind of studying his stuff and I was sitting at the table and I came up with this idea. I said, script engage. That's the product. Right. 
Um, I said script engage because we're engaging people. <laughs> and so um, I came up with this. I had this like kind of like this epiphany moment. And I said, script engage. So he's like, well, here's what you do. And I start mapping out all the screens. I didn't know anything about it. I start mapping out you. Like, I'm going to wireframe this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wireframe this. Right. Um, and so I started wireframing it, not knowing what the heck I was doing. And luckily, I had a mentor there because he was telling me, you know, this, this part of the screen doesn't look, you know, great, change it to this. And it was just a really big learning curve. I'm probably took me about three months to map it all out. So fast forward, I had to find a developer, right? I went out and I found, oh, that was like <laughs> most a draining thing ever. Cause I didn't know about this stuff. Right. So I was, I had to find a developer and luckily he kind of didn't really handhold me through the process. He kind of let me fail, which was really amazing because I got a chance to kind of see where I was and failing. So anyway, um, the product, uh, it took about four months to develop the product. I found an awesome developer who I still work with today. It was only, uh, it was only him now, you know, we've grown to a team of five people. Um, and so, uh, at that time though, he was my first developer. Uh, and now he kind of runs all my projects for a lot of my software, uh, technology, especially the technology behind Maestro. Um, and so, uh, we, we developed it. He, we worked day and night on it and we were done in about five months. We decided to do a product launch because that was my background. I was like, you know, instead of kind of phasing up where we have a couple of customers, I want this to get out to the world. So we reached out to a bunch of JV partners, uh, and I didn't know how it was going to go. Uh, and we did a big product launch. And we we did around at that time, nobody knew who I was. Right. But uh, at the time, I got a JV manager um, and he was able to kind of get some affiliates on board. And we what we decided to do was sell it at a one time price at that time, because, again, I was just trying to get some buzz off of it. I didn't think it was going to really do a lot of uh, volume, but we did about fifteen hundred customers in about a month. Right. And um that was and, what, and you did a, it was a lifetime pricing. It was a lifetime pricing, right? So, you know, um, it wasn't a lot of profitability if I'd be transparent, but uh, it was just like the thought of like this idea I had in my head, right? That transformed into this thing on the internet that people are using. Yeah, getting like these testimonials is like mind blowing. Like some people would see that as a as a loss, right? I didn't see it as a loss. I saw it as just a great opportunity. Um, and so, you know, we, we made the product better. We started to take feedback. We started to survey our customers. Um, and then we did a 2.0 version of that. Um, and, uh, we did a 2.0 and we ended up doing 4,000 customers. Uh, and, and you did the same style of launch. You did a lifetime offer. Yeah. But we had like, you know, this time what we did was we had an upsell sequence. We had some, we had a few upsells where you got more features, you got more scripts. Like we had like 50, 60 email scripts and it was awesome. Like it, it worked out. We had, a, we had some continuity on the back end of the, of it where people can get a monthly club. They got monthly scripts. Uh, and I just think it was just absolutely like awesome. Right. Like I just, I just really, really enjoyed it. It was amazing. Um, and so, um, then I, then my, my, my second platform was a platform called Bolt Publisher. Uh, I decided that I wanted to create a product that kind of rolled the waves of social media. Uh, and that was, was it, called? it was called Bolt Publisher. Bolt Publisher. Okay. Yeah. And so this is when instant articles was like, really everybody was buzzing <laughs> yeah. about instant articles. And I was just like, I was going through, uh, you know, Facebook 
And I was trying to upload Insta articles and I was like, you know, this is horrible. Like it's a horrible experience to try to put up an article um, because I was reading all on mobile accelerated pages and I was like, this is a horrible experience. Um, it's hard. You know, Facebook made it really challenging to create some really great looking articles. And again, with technology, I was like, you know, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing to create something that made it easier. Right. I was like <laughs> that injected Instagram posts and you can inject videos into your articles. So I went back to my developer and I was like, listen, I got another idea. <laughs> he was like, he was like, uh, you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, dude, we've had amazing success with our first platform. Let's do it. So, you know, we did that. Uh, we, we launched, you know, we, we, it took us about four months to develop that. Uh, we did an MVP, which is a minimal viable product. Uh, and, uh, we got to that and then we launched that and it was like, oh my God, that's when I had this moment that, software and technology was my thing. I, it took six years to figure out, but it was like, I felt this blissful moment. And it wasn't because we got so many sales. It was because it was one of those things where, and of course I had freaking a lot of headaches, right? <laughs> but of course. it was, it was, it was worth, it was worth the challenges. It was worth all those things. And so we launched and we did 6,000 sales in three weeks. And, and was that a lifetime offer again? The front end was a lifetime, but we did a we did a, a one time we did a, a, a kind of like an upsell that was you know like thirty nine bucks a month. We had like thirty percent of people take that, and it was like wow, you know, it was like oh my god, you know, we had did you know we took this product, we didn't spend, we spent you know we pay our developers every month, but it was like wow, you know, we did multiple six figures in a matter of a month. And that was like the first time that it happened to me. Right. And so it was like it was just a, a mind blowing thing. And so, you know, that was my second platform. And then I kind of did that with the third platform, which was a product called Email Force. Uh, it was an email product. I did that with the third platform. And then Maestro came along <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I want to go bigger. Right. I, I love, you know, it, I love the fact that we generated over, you know, I think it was 13000 customers in a year. I was like, that's amazing. But. I want to go bigger. I want to change something. I want to have an impact this time. You know, I want to I want to impact people's businesses. I want to have something different. Uh, and then I was, you know, kind of like Bolt Publisher. I was sitting in front of the computer one day um, and I was just messing around with a lot of these platforms. And I was like, you know what? There's not something that incorporates design and makes things easier I want to change something. And also I was thinking about engagement. I was like, I want to incorporate badges, you know, for, for, uh, like gamification. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have people be engaged by seeing a score. And I was like looking for something. And it was like, then I was on the, I was on the computer and I was messing around with WordPress and like, I should have called you, Kim, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I was just frustrated, right? I remember sitting there thinking, I don't want to do this crap. I want to set this up in like a couple steps. And then that's when like this epiphany moment happened then. And I was like, you know, I started researching my developer. He has some drawbacks. He was like, why do you want to create an education platform? There's a lot of competition out there. And I said, where there's competition, there's usually more innovation to be done. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just because there's more competition doesn't mean we need to be afraid or shy away from it. So I started to kind of do the research because that's the thing you want to do is market research. Right? I started to do market research 
And what I found by the education um, space was only going to grow even more uh, and that people were looking for more solutions and that people were going to start to look outside of school to educate their educate people on different skill sets. And I was even like excited because I was like everything I've learned, software, um, video marketing, podcasting, everything up until this point was all because of education. And so I was even more excited to kind of put my foot into this. And so it took us a year to get it right. Um, took us an entire year. We spent a, a year because it was a, it's a massive platform, right? It does email marketing, uh, payment system, payment gateways, gamification, all those different things. So I wanted to get it right. And um, I'm just excited where, where we are now. So that's kind of like the backstory of my software journey. Okay. I have to unpack that like 12 ways sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Well, you know, and and because the thing is, it's like you went from the the story of, you know, $300 to my name and then being able to, I mean, you got a chunk of change when your friend sold his company, I guess, you know, to be able to say it, it, it just rings, you know, Napoleon Hill, where let me just be an apprentice for 20 years and go interview all these people. And so you, you took that opportunity, which, you know, what I love about that too, Justin, is there, there's... Like I was saying before, you know, where the market's maturing and I think people are getting this this patience and doing it right and, and really building a foundation, which is what you jumped into, um, you know, and, and even finding a, a developer. I mean, you know, how I met my partner was through the podcast, thank God, because I don't know that I would have known where to start either. And so, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. So let's, in terms of the first uh, three platforms that you sold, so those were one off, they were not recurring revenue products. Were they, or I mean, even after the launch, was there a monthly fee? Yeah, there was, there was a monthly, yeah, there were, we, we, what we did was, is we sold a one-time offer on the front end. And then what we did just to kind of get it out there. And then uh, on the back end, which was, we kind of upsold people. So it was more like you get access to these limited features up front. And then if you want these other features, you want more scripts, you want more, you know, access to the product and it would be like 20 bucks. We were charging like 20 bucks, 20 to 29 bucks a month um, for that. Okay, great. And then, so so with, with each of those, whereas opposed to like with Maestro, the actual platform is the recurring revenue model. Yeah. Yeah. Maestro is a recurring revenue model primarily because of, you know, one of the things in, in, in kind of selling one-time offers, you had an upside and downside, not only because of, your MRR, right? Your monthly recurring revenue where you, where you essentially can support your customers at the highest level. Right. And so that was one of the downsides that we saw. Uh, but that's why we kind of offered the ability to work with us on the front end. So there was kind of downsides, but there was also a lot of upside. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, you know, um, a lot differently, right? Because there's different models. I think there's a pro and con. You know, the thing about charging one time or giving people a deal up front is that you can scale a lot faster, right? But with mm-hmm. the model that we have, uh, with a, like a platform like Maestro, the monthly is a steal when you see all the features, you see everything that's in it, right? And then that allows for us to not only grow, uh, but also give us the ability to add more features, uh, enhance things, make things better, uh, which is why we kind of, I kind of sold off the other platforms and decided to focus a hundred percent on Maestro, uh, because I wanted to impact the future of online, uh, course technology. 
Well, so as your evolution in this space, right, 10 years, it's you've you've matured with obviously your skill set and your knowledge yeah. and been around the block. But all of a sudden, I, I just love it. It's that legacy piece that I'm a total Gary Vee fangirl. And he's always talking about legacy. And so, you know, stepping into that um, from that perspective, I absolutely love it. And you know, what? I swear, Justin, I'm on a mission to get people to stop freaking out about monthly payments. I'm like, think of all the the utilities you pay for in life that you don't even get to that won't make you money. Right. I'm like, you know, you you think about it. It's like, yeah, you need electricity and water and all that stuff, but it's not like they can make you money. Whereas you can, you know, for the cost of Maestro one month of it, it's like sell one membership, sell one product, you know, so you start looking at that. So, um, all right. So let's jump into Maestro and for the listeners, in case you're wondering, um, I will do a separate intro, but uh, Maestro is M I E. S T R O. So it's yeah, maestro.com. Spelled differently. Don't 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 spell it the right way. We 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 have the other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to make sure in case someone's listening to this or like, I want to go look at this. I want to go look at this. Um so yeah. so you started doing the research and like I was saying before, having jumped into a SAS, it's there is a lot of research. There's a lot of work involved in mm-hmm. the backside of it. And this looks like much more than an MVP though, you know, where we're probably still more at the MVP level. So how did you decide based on your research and unpack this however you want, Justin, it might be like eight questions at once, which is what I tend to do um, in doing the research at the other and looking at the other platforms, right? Teachable, Thinkific, uh, Kajabi, there's Teachery, there's a bunch of those out there. So looking at those and then knowing who you wanted to target and what you wanted to start with, how did you begin this journey for Maestro? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things is I started off, I think that market research is the biggest thing that you can do before creating a product. Um, You know, it's one of those things. It took me about a month or so to really do a ton of research um, on the market, because if you have a if you're in a competitive market, you have to find out how you can differentiate yourself. But here's the thing. I think that a lot of us unconsciously think that if we're in a competitive market, how can I differentiate myself, right? And so I thought I had those thoughts when I was creating Maestro. But one of the things that I thought about was, you know, there's always an opportunity in every market. No one can do something, even billion dollar, trillion dollar companies, they're not doing everything right, right? With the Mm -hmm. exception of like Amazon, right? Eventually they'll do that, right? But most companies, right? Most companies aren't doing everything the right way to their customers. They're not serving their customers. So that's why you got to find that. And so what I found in kind of researching a lot of the other platforms was this recurring thing of um, having something that didn't do a million things, that did a few things right. Um, You know, that was like the recurring thing is that people... People thought like there was just this big market of people that said, listen, I just want to set up a membership site. I just want to say I don't need it to do 20 backflips, go over the banister. I don't need for it to have 20,000 analytics. I just want to know, am I making sales? I just want to be able to set up a page. Very simple. I just want a very simple uh, kind of just be able to set up. If I can set up a membership in a weekend, I'll be great. I don't need to have banner. I don't need to have none of those things. I just need for my students to be engaged with my product. And so I found that there was a market for simplicity a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make uh, a platform like that simple, right? And 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 we're doing our, our best to make it better every single day. But 
one of the things is that we said, you know, we that that's creates an opportunity where we don't have to have millions and millions of features. We can have something where people have the best features, but we focus on something that the other platforms are not doing. So we decided that the future, you know, you have to kind of have a vision of where in creating innovation, you have to figure out where things are going. So Absolutely. for us, we said instead of figure instead of thinking about trying to match everyone's features, which we, you know, it, it was, it was at the time, it was like daunting because like they have funding, they have millions of dollars in funding, they have teams of 50 people. It was like, we don't need to do that. You know, when I was having team, team kind of meetings is that we don't need to do that. We don't need to go after them feature wise. We can go after, uh, we can just serve, do what we do best, which is giving our customers the best experience possible. But the biggest thing is, People, the biggest is solving a problem. So the problem that we solved is engagement. So we started to kind of think about how can we create an engaging platform? So we started off with things like uh, kind of researching like gamification and where it was going. So we started to kind of say, well, let's have a basic pl- let, like let, let's have a basic format first where people can give badges to their students when they complete a lesson. Right. They get a badge. Mm-hmm. Um and so then it kind of went into, well, in the future, we're going to have things like learning bots where, you know, you learn and then you might get something to your email or you may get something to Facebook that says, hey, great job on completing module one. Like module two is available, right? Because it keeps your customer engaged, right? So that's something that we're working on our roadmap right now is we're going to have learning bots in the future. So that's kind of like, our focus is how can we create, keep people's customers engaged where they're going to, you know, because that results in what? More revenue for your business. It, it results in your customer getting an end result. And so we decided to focus on what we were good at, focus on uh, being great at that one thing while still creating a great platform and great experience and not really thinking about, you know, we, we, we looked at our competition, we looked at what they were doing, but we didn't really, you know, it wasn't like, I'm afraid. Like, I always get this question, like, you're in the online education space. Oh, my God, that must be super competitive. And I say, you know, you'll be surprised at how, like, how much of an opportunity it is when there's competition. It means that they're not doing something right. And when you have that perspective, you can go against giants and win. You can go against... Uh, competition and win when you have that way of thinking. Well, and the other point is that if there's competition, it means there's a market, right? I, people are in need. If if there are people, you know, if if there was nothing out there that existed, it'd be like, why why hasn't this been created or wasn't you know what? Why aren't people buying this? You know, so from that perspective, and and the thing is with this, you know, it's interesting because even you know being quote unquote formerly uh, the WordPress chick. I jumped into Kajabi as a founder a few years ago because I didn't want to piece stuff together. So everything that you're saying, it is so relevant that people really are looking at I, simple, simple, right? And and so there is this element to educating the customer too, because this whole bells and whistles and features, it's like how much of those things actually get used or how much, you know, and, and so there's too, there can be too much, right? So then somebody logs in and it's like, I don't even know where to start with this, where there's two, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means, you know, so with the, um, with the feature set that you guys started with, and first of all, I love the fact that you're looking at where things are going because the other piece with software is that you have to kind of have an idea of feature sets when you're building out the foundation so that you don't have to build it again from the ground up, right? When you're adding features. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the biggest thing is you, you know, you have, you look at features and you say, you know, what's important now for my customers? Like that's the biggest thing in kind of building like, you know, a strong foundation or a product, right? You have to look at what is it that my customers, you know, will use, you know, like we always, you know, refer to this concept, obviously, I mean, your, your, your audience, your listeners probably heard of this, which is, you know, the MVP, right? The minimal viable product, right? Uh, but that's all relative, right? Because minimal viable product is depending on the market that you're in. Like you can't come into a market and say, Hey, we do payment, you know, we do payments and manage your members, but we don't do a million other things. You know, you're some of your, you know, it, it just depends on the market, but you can still come to a market and not have as many features and focus on the core features. And so that takes a lot of research. That takes a lot of talking to people and seeing what's important. And so that's what I did. You know, I have two categories of people that I always research when I like creating any type of product. One is the influencer, right? The influencers, right? They're the people like, like you, right? And, and other people that are in the market that use the products. And so we just say, Hey, can I just talk to you and see what you, you know, what you, what you, what you would like to, you know, having a product like this. And then essentially you have the customers, right? The people, but I'm not just talking about people that I'm talking about, you know, what I typically do is I really go to my customers. If I don't have customers, I usually will do like a methodology of like running ads or something uh, to, you know, like a survey or something and bribing them to fill out the survey. Right. Uh, so we use like type form for that. I always do like a survey, like we're planning a small uh, launch. And so I surveyed like I have a, a email list. Right. And I surveyed the email list and I was just surprised at what people actually wanted. Right. I was like surprised. I was like, you know, so when you ask questions like that, you don't need to guess on your product. You don't need to guess. Yeah. On what you're creating. <laughs> you know, and, and one of my favorite questions I love to ask customers uh, you know, like I let, you know, I have the traditional questions like, um, you know, if this did, you know, if, if, you know, what would you rate this product? And, you know, the traditional market research, uh, you know, uh, questions. But what I typically do is I say, if this product had a superpower, what would it be for you? You know, and, and you'll be surprised at what people, you know, like <laughs> even the craziest ideas. And so one of the but but here's the thing about the customer's crazy ideas. It gives you a threshold, right, of innovation. And and sometimes you have to be innovative because sometimes your market doesn't know what they wanted to do, right? So you have to be sort of innovative, but sometimes it kind of gives you idea. Like there was one time one person gave me an idea and it resulted in like 50% more profits for us because you know, one of them said, "Hey, I wish this automatically wrote things out for us." And so then I emailed him back and I said, listen, I'll send you a free T-shirt if you can kind of write that in detail for me. And of what, like your wish list? Yeah, of like your wish list. Because he had a really, where he was going was like, I had already kind of had the idea, but I wanted to see in his head what exactly he meant by it. Um, and so, you know, he kept going and going and going. And then he literally sent me, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to write this out. I'm going to send you a video. And I was like, wow. He recorded like this 20 minute video and it was so golden. It was like... He fleshed it out and he actually drew on his whiteboard. It was pretty, pretty dope. I, I, I loved it. Um, and he, he like, God, that's great content. <laughs> yeah, it's great content. And I was like, wow. So literally like about 10 of the features in Maestro was because of his idea. 
Uh, and I told him that I said, that was, that was amazing. Like I was actually, cause Maestro was like, it took us literally like four months to map out Maestro's like hundreds and hundreds of screens. Um, and, and so, you know, that was one of the things that we just kind of said was like, we were going to do it one way, but we stopped in the middle of that and just listened to our customer. So, okay. So let me back up a little bit. Yep. I love, I love the superhero question too, because <laughs> it's, it, you must have gone from something like, Oh God, I hadn't thought about that too. I don't know what they're thinking, but that's never going to happen. Right. Um, when did you, so when you guys launched Maestro, like it took a year to build this out. And so you launched it and as a for sale product, right. You didn't do it beta with free. You got people in using the platform and then started working with your customers. How did, you know, so what was that timeline like? So, uh, so basically it took us about a year to develop. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't want to, we started to do pre-sales. I always tell people this, like sell your product before it's finished. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I had sold this sooner. Right. Uh, because people think, and I get caught up in this too, and we do it because we're artists, right? We're artists. So artists always want to have perfection. Right. And so, you want to kind of get rid of that thinking. And so six months in, if you're authentic with your customers, they will basically be customers for life. They'll be your greatest advocates, right? So six months in, there was a summit and I decided to present Maestro on it. Um, and the guy was actually telling me not to do it. He's like, no, it's not ready yet. And I was like, well, I'm going to be honest about it not being ready, right? I don't want to, I'm not going to tell anybody like it's it's ready when it's not. So I did it. And I said, listen, guys, you know, this is this is not ready yet. However, you're going to get in on the ground floor. People love to get on the ground floor of things, right? Early adopters. Yep. Yeah, they love it. Right. And I mean, think about Kickstarter, right? Like Kickstarter, like I look at some of those products. Right. And, you know, it says buy it now and it won't be ready until April of 2018. Like, oh, my God, April 2019. Yeah. Or 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, are you serious? Like. Yeah, sometimes I just, I just like am baffled by that. So it's one of those things where I was just like, mind was blown. And I said, but then you'll look at it and it'll say a thousand percent funded, right? So people, people, what, what, what Kickstarter and all these other platforms have taught me about pre-selling is people really, they want a great product, but they're also willing to wait if they're early adopters or you know, uh, on the ground floor. So we did that and we ended up getting about 20 customers in on the ground floor. And so then we kind of released it uh, in beta and then we kind of phased it where we're pretty much out of beta. uh, But with software, I like to say you're never out of beta, right? (laughs) You're always fixing bugs and you're always fixing things. Um, And, and, but one of the things is like, just to like hear customers feedback uh, on our platform and just, you know, hearing them say like, you know, this is, I, I love this platform. Like it, it's just been amazing uh, just to, just to hear it. And uh, it's, it's been worth the journey. Well, it from, you know, just looking at it, I mean, it's beautiful. So let's talk about um, some, some more of the features. I know you said gamification. I love the learning bots. You know, it's funny with bots. I know that there's something magical there. I can't quite wrap my head around how it's all going to work for me and my business, but I believe it's totally where we're going to. Um, so when we were talking earlier about who it's for and who it serves, and even before we started recording, I loved what you said about, you know, getting outside of your own market and realizing you can serve an entirely different market, you know, with this product. So who did you guys design Maestro for? 
Yeah. So Maestro was really designed for the non-techie person, right? Like the, you know, and, and, and there's still some technical, you know, because of the features that we have to make it a great platform, there's still some things you have to learn about Maestro. But once you get into it, you realize this is pretty simple, right? This is easy to set up once you kind of learn it, right? And, and, and one of the biggest things is that we realized that there was a, a huge market for experts that you know, they wanted to sell their courses. They wanted to sell their platform. They didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to sit up here and, you know, mess around. They, they didn't need some of these features. Like they didn't need 20 million funnels, right? They just wanted a page where they can sell their stuff, right? And that's it. Like that's, you know, that's it. They want to sell their stuff. They want to have a, you know, they want to have the ability to price it. So we have features like that where you can add your pricing to it. You have a check. We have uh, our own, you know, hosted checkout pages, uh, you know, different things like that. They want to be able to manage their members. So we've given people the ability to where we said, here's some great design. Here's stuff that you can use. People, that was one of the biggest things we heard too, was that people wanted great designs, but they didn't want to have to, you know, mess around with a landing page builder, you know, uh, but we still built a really, you know, really great landing page builder uh, in Maestro. So Maestro is for people that want to monetize their message, but they don't need, you know, 20 million features to figure that out. Like sometimes I'm just like baffled at like, you know, how some of these techie people, like they, they say, you need this, you need this. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> you know, like, well, it, it's kind of that old story, right? Of, an ugly landing page might convert better than a beautiful one when it comes down to copy and message. So it really is what's in it and what you're delivering. And obviously, I mean, all the stuff that in Maestro looks beautiful, but I totally agree with you from a feature perspective. And I would think that the more features you have, it's going to be more difficult for the everyday user to jump in and get it going, like pull it out, keep it simple. So they get it up and making money. And then you can like let them grow with the product. Yeah, yeah. And, and and don't get me wrong. Maestro has a ton of features, like a ton of features, right? Like sometimes, you know, we're like, wow, you know, we have an email system built in. We have a, you know, member, you know, we have gamification. We have, you know, we just added an affiliate program for people to be able to sell their products and, you know, obviously, you know, give commissions to their affiliates. So we have a really great set of features, right? But we always thought, how can we make this less overwhelming, right? And so that comes with time. That comes with, you know, um, making, molding your product to keep continuously getting better over time. And so that's what we've done with Maestro. Like that was what we just said. We said, um, we did a survey of, of, of to, to, to our, our list of people and we had like over 500 responses to it. And, uh, people were more focused on, getting a membership site up, not having to connect all this different stuff, getting a membership site up and design. Like that was the biggest response mm-hmm. that we got. Um, if I can just get up a page, I'm happy. Like I don't need for it to have countdown timers. I mean, that's great, which we, you know, we're, we're adding stuff like that. Like we're, we're doing things like that, but it was surprising. People were just like, I just want to be able to sell my course. Like that's it. So all of those things, Justin too, sorry to interrupt you, but all of those things, if you don't understand, if you have no metrics to go on, if you don't understand where you're losing the potential sale or where someone's not completing it, none of that stuff matters. It's, it's just, it's too much, too much information 
um, right out of the gate, right? I mean, without having something to measure, you don't need to add extra features just yet. Yeah, yeah. And you and you have to, you know, like we're, we're concerned with, you know, we focused a lot of our attention on how can we make our product better? How can we give our customers what they really want without having technology get in the way, which sometimes is, you know, is, is, is more challenging, right? So we have a ton of features and, 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 and it's just awesome. And, you know, Maestro, like we're committed to just making Maestro better every single day. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. It's been an awesome ride. And, and we have some, we have some great early adopters who's been helping us out and, and, and really, you know, fine tuning things and making things better. And I'm just excited about the future of Maestro. Well, that was a very nice segue. Thanks for that. Um, so what else is on the roadmap for for Maestro? I mean, and whether you want to go into features or even, you know, how are you guys supporting customers with, you know, with education and best case, you know, best use of it? So what's coming for Maestro? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, you know, we have a ton of stuff on our roadmap, things that we're going to be adding in, uh, like tons of features. We're going to be, you know, giving people the ability to broadcast their courses to Apple TV, different things like that. Um, so that's on the roadmap. You know, we have a couple things I can't obviously <laughs> disclose at this moment. Um, you yeah, know. my partner's always like, Kim, please don't say anything out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Listen, you know, my partner would probably like, dude, shut up, you know, so... Yeah. So, um, but we have like a ton of different things, but just to like, we have some things incorporating with presentations. We're trying to really make Maestro a tool where you don't really need to go outside of Maestro. So we're kind of going to start to incorporate different things, like where people can actually create their presentations in Maestro. Uh, we're going to be kind of working on a, a, a sort of like a, a project within Maestro where, um, People be able to create their presentations, record their presentations, and then completely like just drop it into Maestro. That's one of the things we're kind of thinking about doing um, that that we're kind of like actually mapping out and on the roadmap. And so we're just like we're excited. Like we're going to be creating more engagement tools to keep customers engaged, consuming more products, you know, different things like that. So that's kind of like the future of Maestro. And then what we're doing is, is we're because we have the Internet, you know, background. Uh, of marketing, right? Uh, we're just kind of like, how can we create great training? So we're kind of like, you know, working on right now creating like YouTube training and Facebook training and really just giving, you know, creating great content to make sure that our customers are successful with the platform. So we're going to be rolling out what we're going to do is a big kind of segue to what we're giving out. We're going to start to have different product creators contribute to a huge site uh, where they learn about YouTube ads, they'll learn about Facebook ads, they'll learn about Instagram uh, and give it away for free where people can go through our training for absolutely free um, and how they can actually, because we want to focus on how can we help you? How can we over deliver where you're successful with your courses um, and you just feel like paying us the monthly, you know, monthly investment is just absolutely like you're robbing us. Right. So uh, that's kind of like what we're working on at the moment. I love that, Justin, because, you know, as a user and not to I, I have click funnels and I use it, but everything is monetized every which way sideways. And I and as as a content creator and now a SaaS owner, I've always struggled with where do you find that fine line between you know, the more successful your customers are on the platform, 
I mean, there's your marketing right there, right? I mean, you can't paying for referrals and all that kind of stuff. You can't come close to somebody who uses the product, loves the product and tells everybody about the product, right? So the more you provide in terms of education and ease of use to help them become successful, it's like, that's your best, that is your best hands down marketing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it is. And, you know, it, it, you know, we're, we're in business, right. To generate profits, right. Like, let's right. just be honest. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Right. Where we, you know, you could change the world and you could do all that, but the more that you can create sort of this ecosystem around making sure your customers are successful. Right. And, and sometimes that, causes for, you know, like that, that could be innovation in itself. Right. Like, and that's why I like education, because if you can teach the most, we did a lot of research, right. And the people who educated their customers more on a product, they were able to have more of a retention rate. They were able to increase their LTV, their lifetime value of their customer. So it's like, that's why online education is so important. So if you listen to this and it's like, you're thinking, you know, well, I'm in a physical, I may be a brick and mortar. Like it doesn't matter what you have, right? Like if you educate your customers and sometimes you don't necessarily have to give it away for free, right? We're doing it because, you know, that's just one of our things. We're just like, listen, you know, there's going to be some courses we're going to charge for depending on like the, you know, like we're going to do different workshops, but for the most part, most of our content is going to be absolutely free. So you have to figure out kind of like that gateway. And for us, we're just like, well, if we're able to teach our customers how to do Facebook ads, if we're able to teach our customers how to monetize, you know, do YouTube ads, they're going to be successful, which means that they're going to stay on our platform and they're going to make more money, uh, which they're going to say, oh, that Maestro, you know, the Maestro subscription, totally worth it, right? <laughs> like totally worth Abs- it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and hear my heart, like I'm not saying not to charge for, you know, additional training and, and whatnot, but I think there is a balance, right? There's a fine line between, you know, supporting and teaching and educating customers and then the next step up and, and no judgment on ClickFunnels or anybody that's doing it. You got to find what works for your audience and your customers and your platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there's, you know, there's companies where, you know, in the SaaS world, in the SaaS world, you know, building everything, like everything is driven around content, right? Like a lot of people do content marketing, but it's more like, um, uh, in the SaaS space, in the software space, it's more like, how can I get this one article to convert a customer, right? Whereas, yeah. Uh, you know, how can I get this? How can I wow with this one article? Right. But training is something that's kind of ongoing, right? It, it takes, it's not, you're not just going to, sometimes you can give value, like you get value from an article. Great. But then in the, what, in the internet marketing space, in the education space, you know, people buy a course and then they, you know, they get a transformation depending on how good the course is. Right. And, and they get a benefit. So it's like, how can we, we just thought about this. We said we were, we were brainstorming. How can we kind of mold both of those worlds together? Right. Like that's what you, and you have to be able to get, you know, how can we make education valuable? So that's something that we're going to be doing. Um, and it's going to be something that we, we feel is going to really help a lot of our customers. I love that. So, so how are you guys marketing the platform? Obviously podcast. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> podcasting with like Kim Doyle, right? So uh, like uh, like Kim Kim Doyle, like we're like we're doing different things like podcasting, but we're also 
Um, you know, we're, we're actually, you know, doing different things like webinars, um, connecting with our audience. We just rolled out our affiliate program. Where we're giving away 30% for promoting, uh, you know, Maestro. We also are doing, uh, other ads, you know, like we're doing advertising. So we're doing what we're teaching our customers, right? Like that's, that's what we're doing. So, you know, I think that there's, and this could be really valuable for your audience too. I think that there is a phase that you have to really go through because there's so much, you know, marketing that can overwhelm you, right? Because everybody's (laughs) talking about how you should market. Everybody's talking about, you should do Instagram. You should do YouTube. You should do Facebook ads. You should, you know, and it can get over freaking whelming. But here's the thing. What we decided to do was instead of overwhelm ourselves, we decided to have what we call sequential goal, sequential marketing goals, which is phasing our, you know, our, our kind of growth, right? So basically you're not going to do these things until you hit a certain stride. So like for, for us, we said we're not going to do any ads until we get to a hundred customers from webinars and our internal sort of market, right? Yeah. So we're not going to get to until we get to 100 customers. We're not going to do, you know, so then the phase two, when we hit 100 customers, we celebrate, right? We're excited, but the work is not done. So then the next phase is 500 customers. So when we get to 500 customers, you know, uh, we're not going to stop. We're going to incorporate. We're going to still be doing webinars, but now we're going to incorporate, which is the phase we're in, too. Um, now is, you know, we're going to do Facebook ads. We're going to do some podcasting, uh, where we can connect with certain audiences, but we're not going to be super heavy on content marketing. We're not going to write all these articles, right? We're going to be focused in on interviews and connecting with, you know, our audience. And, and so that's one of the biggest things we're doing now. So then phase three, when you want to get to a thousand customers and beyond, that kind of goes into the product launch, you know, doing a, a successful product launch with affiliates and different things like that. So we're kind of in a sequential marketing mode. And that's what that's what everybody should be doing, which is instead of overwhelming yourself, pick a few mediums, one to two starting off and then add on as you start to increase your customer base. Add on to that. Don't like don't try to go after five different things. Like I'm going to do Facebook ads. I'm going to do YouTube ads. I'm going to do. Like, no, that doesn't work. And usually you hit the wall, right? I would, I got, I got 14,000 customers, roughly around 14,000 customers last year, but just one medium. It was just affiliates. I didn't really do anything else but affiliates. So like, that's kind of like that one medium. Now I can add on and do Facebook ads and, and completely grow it if I wanted to. That's brilliant. I love the whole the phase of it. And it because it is. And as someone who likes content marketing and likes using all these platforms, and it, it it's kind of like, well, where do you start? Because you want to do all the things. And if you do all the things, you're not gonna be able to measure very successfully what's working. Um, so Justin, this has been so fantastic. So the best place for people to go is maestro.com. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maestro.com. Check it out. It's awesome. It's amazing. If you guys like have any questions about it, you can, you know, ping me directly, which is Justin at Maestro.com. If you guys got any questions. And again, just so you guys know, it's not M-A-E. It's Maestro. M-I-E-S-T-R-O.com. Very, very, you know, not that, you know, many words. Right. But just got to make sure you spell it. M-I-E. S-T-R-O dot com. Check us out. 
uh, and, you know, start, you know, we have a free trial going right now where you can set it up and, and grow with us. We always like, that's kind of one of our slogans, like grow with us. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's going to be a growing journey. Like we're, we're dedicated to helping our online course creators really make an impact with their courses and online education. I love this. And for the listeners, I am going to coordinate a live stream sort of demo with Justin. Um, so it will, it'll either be linked in this episode or it'll go live before. So I'll let you know one way or the other, because there's nothing like seeing software in person. I mean, the, the site is beautiful. The screenshots are beautiful, but uh, there's a lot of power behind seeing something demoed. Justin, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you, Kim. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, guys, you know the drill. Hang on a second. I'll have some more links for you at the end. All right, guys, what do you think about that, right? Yes, another learning platform. What I love about this, though, is it just gives you options for what works best for you as well as price point. So again, go to maestro.com. That is M-I-E-S-T-R-O.com. And if you haven't left a review, I would love it, especially with the name change. You can just go to thekimdoyleshow.com. That'll take you directly to iTunes. You can leave a review. And as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. And I will catch you next week with another solo show.